This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. Hi, and a very good afternoon to you and welcome. It is great to be in your company. Just gone 10 past 2 here on the Highfelt in Joburg on 101.9 High FM and on Judaism 101.9. Great to be with you. Great to be able to share some thoughts with you today. And if I may today um, dedicate to this um, talk um, as I've been requested to uh, by his son to the memory of the late Yitzchak ben Herschel. Um, please God, his neshama should have an aliyah. Now, today is the eighth day of Shvat. As we mentioned last week, the month of Shvat is dominated by some important dates, one of which comes up on Thursday night and Friday. It is the date called Yud Shvat. We mentioned it briefly last week. Yud Shvat being the day on which the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, that is known as the Friedeke Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchok Schneerson, passed away. And it is therefore the day on which his successor, his son-in-law, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, our Rebbe, became the Rebbe. What I'd like to do with you today, if I may, is to share with you a brief biography of Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson, as well as a brief biography of the Rabbi, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, as well as perhaps what really links them um, in a very, very poignant fashion, obviously in philosophy and obviously in continuity and obviously in their teachings and their Hasidim. They are integrally tied and linked. But this day, Yud Shvat, is a day that bridges in a very, very specific fashion, um, these two great men, these two great rebbers, these two great leaders. And perhaps to use as the link something that the rebbe, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, called his mission statement, or the mission statement that he was going to make, or that he did make, on Yudshvat, in 1951, on the occasion of his acceptance of the mantle of leadership of the Chabad Lubavitch movement, it was a fascinating and very, very beautiful mission statement. But um, in a very real fashion, that mission statement linked the two rabbis together and their mission linked together to something that we If we look at it and we study it and we put it under the spotlight, as I hope to do a little bit later on in the show, that we will come to a realization and understanding of what it actually is that Chabad Lubavitch is really all about. What was the mission? What made them stand out? What made them different? And what made it the real force that um, has been at the forefront of keeping Judaism alive over the last 50 years, this incredible force called Chabad, called Chabad Lubavitch, um, that we have all come to know, and perhaps not know well enough, but we've all come to realize has played such a significant role in ensuring that there should be, and there could be, a Jewish tomorrow. So let's begin, perhaps, with a brief biography Let's look at the life of Rabbi Yosef Yitzchok Schneerson, who was, as we refer to him, the Friedeke Rebbe, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. He was the sixth Rebbe of Chabad Lubavitch. Um, he was really 
one of the most remarkable Jewish personalities of the 20th centuries, of the 20th century rather. In his 70 years, because his life was a lot shorter than perhaps it should have been, he actually confronted every conceivable challenge to Jewish life. Because he had to confront the persecutions and the pogroms of Tsarist Russia. He had to confront communism's war on Judaism. And then, in his latter years, confronting um, America and the newfound and uh, misplaced direction of America in that America came first and Torah Judaism, Yiddishkeit, very much second in the minds of American Jews. And the Rebbe was absolutely unique in that not only did he experience these various um, incredible onslaughts against Judaism and everything that he held near and dear, but as the leader of his people, he faced them down and single-handedly, almost, he prevailed, he triumphed. Now, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchok Schneerson, Friedrich Rebbe, previous Rebbe, was the only son of Rabbi Sholem Dovber, the fifth Rebbe of Chabad, um, whose devotion to him, his child's education, was chronicled by Rabbi Yosef Yitzchok's huge writings. And just to note that um, the previous Rebbe from early childhood um used to write down um, from the age of 11 he was keeping a diary and writing for it, writing in it very often for uh, several hours every day. It is um, uh, known that he wrote an estimated 100,000 letters in his lifetime. About 4,000 of them are collected into 12 volumes of uh, the Igros Kodesh the holy writings, holy letters of the Rebbe and many of these letters um, contain dozens of pages of Hasidic teachings and law. And this is in addition to the thousands of pages of the discourses, essays, and impressions that he uh, penned during the course of his life. So the fact that he chronicled his early life and he chronicled the um, influence that his father had on his education is there for all to see. When he was still a young man, still in his teens, um, the young Rabbi Yosef Yitzchok, the young rabbi to be, served his father um, as his personal secretary. He was his right-hand man, and his responsibilities included um, administering the many civic and communal activities in which the rabbi was involved. It was not unusual for people to note and to see the young Rabbi Yosef Yitzchok in his full Hasidic regalia, his long uh, coat and his full-length um, kapota um, um, as a familiar figure in the receiving rooms of government officials, ministers, nobles of Moscow and Petersburg. And in 1895, he participated in the great conference of religious and lay leaders in Kovna and again in the following year in Vilna. At times... He was soft-spoken with words that came from the heart. At times, he could be audacious and threatening, but he was always fearless and determined, and he demanded the repeal of anti-Jewish decrees, the stopping of pogroms, and the cessation of the government's program of enforced enlightenment of traditional Jewish life, which then was the watchword um, in um, government circles. It was in 1897, on the 13th of Elul, 
in fact, in 1897-5657, at the age of just 17 years old, that the Rebbe Yosef Yitzchok married Nechama Dina, the daughter of Rabbi Avram Schneerson and the granddaughter of the Tzemach Tzedek, who was the third Chabad Rebbe. During the week celebrations that followed the wedding ceremony, excuse me, during the week celebrations that following, followed the wedding ceremony, Rabbi Shalom Ber, Rabbi Shalom Dov Ber, the Rebbe Rashab, father of um, the previous Rebbe, announced the founding of Tom Chaitmimim, the Lubavitch Yeshiva, and the following year he appointed his son to become its executive director. And there, in Lubavitch, which was a town in um, White Russia, um, in the Rabbi Yosef Yitzchok Schneerson trained the army of faithful torchbearers who, under the impossible conditions of the de- decades to come, would literally give up their lives to keep the flame of Jewish life ablaze in the Soviet Union. In 1920, after his father's passing, he assumed the leadership of Russian Jewry just at the time that communism was launching an all-out war on Jewish life and um, really stepped it up into high gear. And his fight was characterized by his all-consuming Mesiras Nefesh, which the Rebbe referred to so many times, an unequivocal self-devotion to the physical and spiritual needs of every single Jew, the unshakable faith of um, everything that was near and dear to Judaism and that he stood for. He sent teachers and rabbis to the furthest, furthest places in the Soviet Empire, establishing a vast underground network of schools, mikvahs, and a lifeline of material and spiritual support. At the time, Stalin's henchmen did everything in their power to stop him. In 1927, in fact, he was arrested, he was beaten, he was sentenced to death and exiled, but he never flinched in standing his ground for what was important, upholding Judaism and everything that it stood for. And um, eventually, by force of international pressure, he was allowed to leave the country. But leaving the boundaries of the Soviet Union, he in fact left his emissaries and he left uh, the infrastructure of Jewish life, which continued to function and thrive preserving the teachings of Torah and Hasidism, um, which we have seen were able to then just come out of their um, hiddenness in uh, the times when communism was eventually overthrown in the 80s and allowing them to move into um, the forefront of Jewish life um, to see to its revival over the last 20, 30, 40 years. Now, upon arriving in New York eventually, um, after his rescue from uh, Nazi-occupied Warsaw in 1940, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchok Schneerson faced another formidable ch- challenge, and that was the atmosphere of the Western world. It was um, um, sure to be all proclaimed a losing battle for a man who was now confined to a wheelchair, yet he rallied the young Jewish people in America with a cry of, America is nit andish, America is no different. And um, he's, his onslaught to materialism and um, uh, all the physical um, demands of America um, made sure that Torah was able to take root and to flourish. He established yeshivas and day schools, publishing houses, so- social services, and a community 
network that by the time of his passing in 1950, he had laid the foundation for his son-in-law and successor, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, to take over. Be back with you right after this. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. So, 1950 um, saw the passing of the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi, Menachem, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson, and he was succeeded by his son-in-law, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson. Now, it is so difficult to capture this huge life in a, a very short period of time. We'll try and just pick up on a few salient points of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson. Um, he it was the seventh um, leader of the Chabad Lubavitch dynasty and really has to be considered as the most phenomenal Jewish personality of modern times. To hundreds of thousands of followers and millions of sympathizers and admirers around the world, he was known as the Rebbe, um, still referred to that way by so many all over the world, adherents, Hasidim of the Rebbe and others when you say the name the Rebbe, there is just that person um, who we're referring to who largely oversaw a reawakening of the conscience and the um, spirituality of the Jewish people worldwide. Now, the Rebbe was born in 1902 on the 11th day of Nisan in a place called Nikolaev in Russia. And he was the son of the renowned Talmudic scholar and leader, Rabbi Levi Yitzchok and Rebetzin Chana Schneerson. Rebetzin Chana, who lived from 1880 to 1964, was known for her kindness, erudition, and extraordinary accessibility. Her courage and ingenuity became legend when, during her husband's exile, Rabbi Levi Yitzchok was exiled to a remote village in Asian Russia, she labored, for instance, to make ink from herbs that she gathered in the fields so that her husband could continue writing his commentary on Kabbalah and other Torah subjects. And the Rebbe was named after his ancestor, the third Rebbe, Rabbi Menachem Mendel of Lubavitch, the Tzemach Tzedek, with whom he later shared many characteristics. Now, there's a story that's told about the Rebbe's early life that almost seems symbolic of everything that was to follow. Because he, when he was nine years old, he was walking with his mother and a, a young um, Menachem Mendel courageously dived into the Black Sea to save the life of a little boy who'd rowed out in a boat and had lost control. Um, his sense, therefore, of um, others' lives in danger was something that seemed to dominate his conscience, consciousness and uh, Jews drowning, not in the Black Sea, but in assimilation, ignorance, or any alienation, and their cries for help, whether it was on campus, in isolated communities, or under repressive regimes. Um, the Rebbe, from a very, very young um, childhood, displayed this concern and this ability to actually plunge himself into the sea, so to speak, to save the life of a single Jewish child. Now, from uh, very early on, um, the Rebbe displayed a tremendous, tremendous mental acuity. And by the time of his bar mitzvah, he was already considered a Torah prodigy, prodigy or an ilui. And he spent his teen years immersed in Torah study. It was in 1929 
that um, the Rebbe, Menachem Mendel Schneerson, married the Rebbe's, the sixth Rebbe's daughter, Rebbe Tzimchaya Mushka, in the town of Warsaw, 1929 in Warsaw. The Rebetzin, who was born in 1901, actually a little bit older than her chosen, than the Rebbe, was actually chosen by her father um, when he was sent into exile in Kostroma in 1927 to accompany him into that exile. And she remained the partner of the Rebbe for 60 years until her passing on the 22nd of Shvat in 1988. The Rebbe studied, amongst other things, he studied in the University of Berlin and then at the Sorbonne in Paris. And during these years, he accumulated a formidable knowledge of maths and science um, and so on, which then blossomed in later life and gave him this unique insight into um, things to do with science, technology, business, way, way, way ahead of his time. It was on Monday, the 28th of Sivan, in 5701, or June the 23rd, 1941, that the Rebbe and his Rebbetson arrived in the United States, having been miraculously re- rescued from um, the Holocaust of Eastern Europe. His arrival marked the launching of great and new sweeping efforts to bolster and disseminate Torah and Judaism in general, under the leadership of um, his father-in-law, um, places or things that are, became well-known later, such as the Central Organization for Jewish Education, Merkaz Lenyone Chinuch, or the Kohot Publishing uh, Society, or Machane Yisrael, a social services agency. And shortly after his arrival, um, through the urging of his father-in-law, the Rebbe began publishing his notations to various Hasidic and Kabbalistic texts, as well as a wide range of responsa on Torah subjects and as soon as he began with these publications of course throughout the Jewish world people were able to recognize and see the great great genius um, and insight of this young man after the passing of his father-in-law as we mentioned before that Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson passed away in 1950 um, the Rebbe reluctantly ascended to the leadership of the movement um, with the headquarters at the well-known address of 770 Eastern Parkway in Brooklyn in New York. But soon um, he stamped his special trademark on all the Lubavitch institutions and activities because it was then like a flourishing and a blossoming of uh, the outreach philosophy of Chabad um, as Lubavitch centers and Chabad houses were opened in dozens of cities and university campuses Um, not only throughout the United States, but around the world. The Rebbe understood that our every action is part of a bigger picture, that every good deed that we do can bring humanity and does bring humanity closer to the ultimate goal, the cosmic perfection and universal um, awareness of God that is known, of course, as the times and the coming of Mashiach. The Rebbe spoke about this time and time and time again, demonstrating how the world was getting ever, ever closer to the coming of Mashiach and that it could be achieved and accomplished by all of us increasing in our life's mission in acts of goodness and kindness. It was on Monday afternoon, the 2nd of March in 1992, that while praying at the gravesite of his father-in-law, um, that the Rebbe suffered from a stroke which paralyzed his right side and most devastatingly um, it cost him the ability to speak of which he was robbed 
for um, the two years and three months uh, that he then lived on, um, it uh, became um, hot wrenching and heartbreaking for his Hasidim, for his followers all over the world to witness his inability to do what he did best to inspire, to speak and to uh, share words of Torah and inspiration to each and every one of us. And it was on the 3rd of Tammuz in 5754 in on June the 12th, 1994 that um, the Rebbe's holy soul was taken back um, to Shamayim. Now the Rebbe's teachings propelled, um, with the Rebbe's teachings rather propelling them and his example serving as a beacon to emulate, the Lubavitch Chabad movement has rapidly grown to its worldwide presence. Um, many ask, uh, what is it about his leadership that was and is still so unique? Why do um, leading personalities maintain such a profound respect and admiration for him? Why was the Rebbe lauded and praised as the Rebbe? Um, many recognize the need of the moment and respond with uh, courage and directions, for this is their forte, an admirable one. Others, through their strength, May not, though their strength may not lie in the instant response to current problems, they're blessed with an ability um, of perceptive uh, of perceptive foresight, knowing that tomorrow will bring what tomorrow will bring and how to best prepare. And still, other leaders excel in a third area. They possess a keen sense of history and tradition. Their advice and leadership is molded by the great sensitivity to the uh, to the past. But someone who possessed all these qualities was truly unique. Um, and this was the Rebbe, the inspiration and driving force behind the success of Lubavitch today. He had a keen sense of urgency. He demanded much from his followers and even more from, his felf, from himself. But the Rebbe, above all, led by example. The Rebbe was a rare blend, we are told and we know, of prophetic visionary and pragmatic leadership. He synthesized deep insight into the present needs of the Jewish people with a breadth of vision for its future. In a sense, he charted the course of Jewish history. He initiated, in addition to reacting to current events, he was guided by inspired insight and foresight in combination with an absolutely encyclopedic scholarship. And all his pronouncements and undertakings were, first and foremost, rooted in our Holy Torah. And time and again, what was clear to him at the outset became obvious to other leaders with hindsight, um, even decades later. Now, from the moment that the Rebbe arrived in America in 1941, his brilliance at addressing himself to the f following ideal became apparent. He would not acknowledge division or separation because he said that every Jew, indeed every human being, has a unique role to play in the greater scheme of things and is an integral part of God's tapestry of creation. For nearly five of the most critical decades in recent history, the Rebbe's goal to reach out to every corner of the world with love and concern has unfolded. Um, no sector of the Jewish community was ever excluded. Young and old, men, women, leaders, laymen, scholars, laborers, students, teachers, children, even infants – the Rebbe had an uncanny ability to meet everyone at their own level. He could advise heads of state on matters of national and international importance, um, exploring with professionals and scientists in their own fields of expertise. And he could speak to s small children with a fatherly smile and with warm words. With extraordinary insight, he perceived the wealth of potential in each individual. 
um, his inspiration, which is now accessible through his writings, through videos on the Internet and so on. It boosts self-perception, ignites an awareness of the hidden wealth and motivates each one to fulfill his potential. So the Rebbe's gift to the um, to the world and to the Jewish people is that each and every one of us has a divine soul. Each and every one of us is divinely gifted with strength and energy. And the Rebbe just wants us and instructed us to actualize it. We'll be back with you after this short break. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. So 67 years ago this week, on the 10th of Shvat 5711, which was January the 17th, 1951, a group of Chabad Lubavitch Hasidim, a large group, gathered at 770 Eastern Parkway in Brooklyn in New York. And the occasion, of course, was to mark the first anniversary, the first yard site of the sixth the Rabbi, Rabbi Yosef Yitzhak Schneerson, and to witness the official acceptance of the leadership of Chabad by Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, um, who from that evening would be known as the seventh Rabbi, or as we mentioned before, the Rebbe. After delivering a mimer, a discourse of Hasidic teaching, which in the Chabad tradition marked the Rebbe's formal acceptance of his role, the Rebbe then smiled and he said, The Talmud says, when you come to a city, do as it's custom. Here in America, he said, it's customary to make a statement. I guess this means we should follow the local custom. So the Rebbe issued a statement. It's fascinating to see and to read and to think about the statement of the Lubavitcher Rebbe on becoming Rebbe 67 years ago this week. This is a translation of the statement. This is what it said. The three loves, love of God, love of Torah, and love of one's fellow, are one. One cannot differentiate between them, for they are of a single essence. And since they are of a single essence, each one embodies all three. When there is love of God, but not love of Torah and love of Israel, this means that the love of God is also lacking. On the other hand, when there is a love of a fellow Jew, this will eventually bring also a love of Torah. And a love of God. So, he said, if you see a person who has a love of God but lacks a love of Torah and a love of his fellow, you must tell him that his love of God is incomplete. And if you see a person who has only a love of his fellow, you must strive to bring him to a love of Torah and a love of God. That his love towards his fellows should not only be expressed in providing bread for the hungry and water for the thirsty but also to bring them close to Torah and to God. When we will have the three loves together, we will achieve the redemption. For just as this last gollus, this exile, was caused by a lack of brotherly love, so shall the final and immediate redemption be achieved by love of one's fellow. What a statement. This was the Rebbe's statement issued 67 years ago on acceding to 
the leadership of the Chabad Lubavitch movement. I think it's worth repeating. And let's go through it again. The three loves, love of God, love of Torah, and love of one's fellow are one. One cannot differentiate between them, for they're a single essence. And they are of a single essence. And since they're of a single essence, each one embodies all three. He went on to say, when there is love of God, but not love of Torah and love of Israel, this means that the love of God is also lacking. On the other hand, when there's love of a fellow Jew, this will eventually bring about also a love of Torah and a love of God. So if you see a person who has a love of God, but lacks a love of Torah and a love of his fellow, you must tell him that his love of God is incomplete. And if you see a person who has only a love for his fellow, you must strive to bring him to a love of Torah and a love of God, that his love towards his fellows should not only be expressed in providing bread for the hungry and water for the thirsty, but also to bring them close to Torah and to God. When we will have the three loves together, we will achieve the redemption. For just as this gollus, this exile was caused by a lack of brotherly love, so shall the final and immediate redemption be achieved by love for one's fellow. Well, this became the motto. It became the words that inspired the foundation of Chabad around the world. The concept of putting the love of one's fellow man, of one's fellow Jew first, of recognizing that um, only by truly loving them um, can we accomplish anything in this world, can we achieve anything, including the love of God, and of course, including the love of Torah, but never to undermine or diminish the importance of those goals. To get each and every individual to love Torah, to love God, um, is of paramount importance. It's explained very often in uh, Chabad Hasidic philosophy that the love of your fellow is greater in many regards than the love of God, because um, if we love God's children, if we love those that God loves, then of course we're achieving two things. We are not only identifying with God and loving him as well, but we're loving those that he loves too. And so therefore it became the real, real um, operative um, mission statement of Chabad Lubavitch all over the world, a, a, an organization that was founded and that spent um, more than 100 years in a town called Lubavitch, which was known as the city or the town of love in Russia, as it did um, for the duration of the period of the real formational years of the Chabad Lubavitch uh, um, philosophy and, and movement. But um, since um, its arrival in America in 1941, 1940, 1941, and since the Rebbe's um, uh, takeover of uh, the movement in 1951, um, this became, and this was, and this is, the mission statement, really, of Chabad everywhere. And what a beautiful, beautiful mission statement to be able to identify with, to understand. This is not about, um, and it's not an organization or a community or a people that are built on um, uh, trying to achieve all sorts of other things, um, whether it is greatness of self or greatness of organization um, and so on that many others strive for, but rather something that is built on the Rebbe's mission statement of love. Love your fellow man, Avat Israel, and how that can and will and must lead to the redemption to the coming of Mashiach. Be back with you right after this. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. The letter Yud is the most essential letter that 
depicts God and godliness. It depicts the essence of God, even in God's names, many of which have that letter Yud. We look at it as being the essence of God and the essence of godliness. And um, the idea of a Jew who contains that Yud within him or herself of our souls that come from, that stem from that essential Yud essence of God and godliness and that beautiful part of godliness that we share, that we have as our neshamas, as our souls, it is not without, um, of course, a strange divine providence that it is Yud Shvat. It is on the 10th day of Shvat that that letter Yud really takes on this new and great and incredible significance. The idea of us looking at the godly elements and the godly makeup and the souls of each and every individual, of learning that that was the mission statement of our rabbis, of how we are to love each other and how we need to share and increase that love through acts of kindness, through acts of goodness, and through bringing people closer to Torah, as uh, the Mishnah in Pirkei Avot tells us that this is the mantra, the um, the real root, the real course of all Jews everywhere, is to love our fellow men and bring them close to Torah, to bring everybody to the ultimate love of God and the love of His Torah. But it stems from, and it needs to be based on, our love and our care for each other. It's not about competition. It's not about um, trying to prove our power, our prowess, or our advantage over one another, but rather recognizing the Yud, the Yud within each and every individual, and the Yud within each and every person. And what a beautiful day, therefore, it is on Yud Shvat on Friday, on Thursday night and Friday, to contemplate, to think about this just a little deeper of how important it is for each and every one of us who lived in the times and who are able to bask in the incredible, incredible um, um, teachings of somebody, of a personality, of the caliber of the rabbi who since 1951 dedicated every fiber of his being and every every aspect of his life to us to make sure and ensure that our world would be a far better place, that there would be a Judaism that would prosper and flourish into the future with its mission and its statement and its ability to direct an otherwise lost and dark and difficult world. But the idea of how the basis, the fundamentals of it all is based on our Ava, on our love for each other and how far that can and that should take us and bring us ever closer to please God Biat Mashiach, the coming of Mashiach may he come speedily in our time a prayer that the Rebbe always ended off every one of his talks with the idea of the ultimate goal of bringing about a redemption a change in um, an otherwise dark and difficult world to make it something that is light that is filled with godliness um, from the beginning to the end. We look forward to being back with you again, same time, same place, next week on Judaism 101.9. In the meantime, I want to wish you a great Yud Shvat on this coming Friday, a great Shabbat up ahead, a wonderful rest of the week, and hope to be with you again next week this time. Take care.